0: howlers a couple quick warnings before we get started today first warning this podcast contains adult content there will be some bloody damn cursing we have a very important message
1: don't be a pixie
0: second warning this podcast contains spoilers for every single red rising piece of content that you can find we're going to discuss it all maybe we won't maybe we will if we find it where can people find us on social media
1: at howlerpod h-o-w-l-e-r-p-o-d instagram twitter facebook etsy email howlerpod at gmail.com and now
0: howlerpod uh- oh! you are a son of red i a son of gold that world while we are brothers is lost and in this world the power of gold will never wane. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Raise the roof. <laughs> I am your host, Ben Reinerts. Co hosting with me today, as always, is the amazing Aaron Ayers.
1: Hello, howlers.
0: Today, we are covering Golden Sun.
1: (laughs) Chapters 47 through the end of the book.
0: This is it, guys. We're going to do this together. We're going to cry. We're going to scream. I'm pretty sure I cried
1: more this time.
0: (laughs) We're going to get through this together.
1: I'm currently depressed. Yes.
0: Let's go ahead and load up this starshell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries.
1: Hopefully we don't get our head cut off.
0: Oh, Oof. gosh. All right, I'm going to take the first one. Chapter 47. Three. Darrow's ship descends on his former home of Lycos. Darrow, followed by Ragnar, immediately heads for the pot and asks for our old friend, ugly Don. Daryl finds him playing cards in a common room and is surprised he was ever afraid of the man. He's very like, I don't know, fat, Old right? Baldy, yeah. Dirty. He sounds like a really shitty dude. Daryl commands Dan to take him to the bubble garden. There Daryl reminisces about the last time he was in the garden with EO and visits her grave. Daryl watches the sunset, and realizes he will always love Eo. He thinks about whether or not she would give him her blessing to move on and be with Mustang. Uh, He does not know the answer, but his heart can no longer stay caged in the garden with her. She has moved on to the Vale, and Darrow must move on too.
1: Chapter 48, The Magistrate. As Darrow exits the garden... (laughs) Paginus meets him, (laughs) flanked by new greys. Ugly Dan is gone, and they are wearing their best uniforms, trying to impress Praetor Andromedus. Uh, Paginus is fatter, his hair is thinning, he's sweating and desperately trying to impress Darrow. Uh, Darrow is purposefully looking disdainfully at Paginus and at his greys, and he keeps insulting him, making Paginus even more self-conscious and more sweaty. Ragnar then reads from his datapad, stating that the helium three input has decreased and Peginus must explain. He comes up with excuses, fearing that Darrow will quarantine the mine. Instead, Darrow tells Peginus to throw a feast.
0: What was I calling him? Padingus? <laughs> <laughs> that was so much better, I feel like. <laughs>
1: Padingus. That's the Kansas version of Paginus. Then Darrow Watches the feast from a viewing room through the glass below his feet. He recognizes almost all of the reds. He cries at the sight, but hides his tears. Mustang enters. She asks why they're at the mine. Darrow says, come with me.
0: Chapter 49, Why We Sing. Darrow leads Mustang through the common and down to the Lambda Township where he grew up. They stop outside Darrow's former home where his family still lives. Darrow tells Mustang that she wanted him to let her in and asks how far she wants to go. She replies, all the way. Darrow hands her a cube of his carving and tells her to watch then come in once she has finished. He tells her if she leaves, he will understand. He then walks inside his childhood home. Darrow surveys the home and then sees his mother on the stairs, Deanna. They look at each other for a long beat, and Darrow does not think she recognizes him, but she walks toward him, saying, It's you. And then I started crying. She would know him anywhere. Daryl cries, I cry, Aaron's crying, we're all crying. I
1: was crying like well before this.
0: <laughs> they have a long hug, and then he tells her how he came to be, like he, he was carved into a gold and all that. While his mother prepares them tea, Daryl takes a quick look at his data pad. Mustang has left. Daryl and his mother talk about his family, and she catches him up on everything, including the supposed death of Uncle Naryl and Lauren. She thinks they have left Lycos, though. She's like, they're not really dead. Daryl's brother, Kieran, has married Eo's sister, Dio, and they now have children together and live upstairs. She then tells Daryl that she's always feared Eo would make Daryl fight her battles, which she kind of has. Daryl tells his mother Eo was right and that he must break the chains. Daryl then asks her if it's possible to love two people, but before she can answer, One of Kieran's children comes down the stairs. Darrow activates his ghost cloak and watches as his mother tells her grandchild about talking with dead Uncle Darrow. Telling her, the dead can always hear us, my love. Why else do you think we sing? We want them to know that even though they are gone, we can still find joy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's all just take a moment after that. Mom.
1: <laughs> chapter 50 the deep mustang is gone darrow feels the guilt falling heavily upon him as he regrets leaving mustang to watch his carving alone too cowardly to stay with her as she learned his truth severo is tracking her radiation signal as it leaves the mines and he's hailing darrow to see if he should shoot her down Darrow wanders from the township into an old mine, standing still and listening to the call of the wind from the deep within. He hails Mustang on his data pad, and hers rings right behind him. He freezes. She turns on a light and commands him to turn with his hands up. Mustang is pointing a scorcher at Darrow's head. She says, You're a red. Darrow is a red. Holy shit. Oh my God. Did you know? (laughs) I knew. And my father killed your wife. She, she's smart. She real smart. She figured that out. Daryl tries to explain his life to her and find the compassion in her. She's trying to get all the information about how this even happened with the board of quality control. The convo escalates, and she levels her scorcher at his eyeball. Pull the trigger, and you die. <laughs> Ragnar speaks from the darkness ragnar no darrow shouts mustang says see darrow you start this war it'll be beasts like him who finish it and take their revenge then she says to ragnar come at me dog and show darrow what your kind lives for there's awkward silence i live for my sister's I live for my brother. <laughs> Ragnar turns on his lamp and slowly walks forward and kneels by Darrow with his eyes closed, putting himself at the mercy of Mustang. What do you live for? Darrow asks Mustang.
0: Powerful stuff. Powerful. That takes us to chapter 51, Golden Sun. This is a real, you know in the movie when they say the title of the movie? In then the you're movie, like, oh
1: shit. This is it's it. It's going I down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right i'll try and get through this one quickly because there's a lot that's going on it is the day of Daryl's triumph he is to be celebrated with a parade a laurel wreath and a triumph mask also a giant floating obelisk monument thing uh Darryl rides through the parade on a chariot and is flanked by roke Severo, lorne and victra Victra has brought her mother and her fucking sister Antonia, <laughs> bitch, total bitch, into the Augustus fold. The Howlers follow along too, but Mustang and the Telemonises are a no show, as well as Proctor Fitchner. Augustus waits for the procession at the top of the stairs of the Citadel, where Darrow joins him and is given his laurel crown. After all the formalities and parading around and shit, Augustus pulls Darrow aside into the throne room. He first chastises Darrow for giving Ragnar the razor, letting blues lead his ships, and urging low colors to rise up. And he wants to know why do you do these things? Are you
1: a Democrat?
0: <laughs> Darrow explains it's because they do things he cannot. Augustus goes on to explain the necessity of golds and how they must shepherd humanity forward and that Darrow's ideas are dangerous. They are the men that must make the tough decisions to keep humanity alive no matter what. Augustus then asks Darrow to take his name and be his son. He has the jackal's blessing and Augustus explains it was actually jackal's idea. Hey, red fucking flag, Darrow. Right golly the guy that want, all he wants is his dad's respect is giving up his spot as a son weird
1: weird yeah that's weird
0: ah uh, okay
1: wonder what's about to happen
0: moving on darrow asks about mustang uh because of this like he's like but what about mustang and augustus is like i want you guys to be together darrow's like you're using me he knows that Augustus won't listen to the reformers, won't listen to Mustang. He just wants to use Darrow to bind her to him. Darrow, obviously, super conflicted, but he swallows his anger and accepts Augustus's offer. Afterward, Darrow attends a party for his presentation of his triumph mask. He shoots the shit with Lorne and Victor for a bit before the ceremony starts, Severo walks up and tells Darrow he can't find Fitchner and that he was supposed to be here. He's going to go look for him. Darrow tells him to call Ragnar and Severo leaves. Good. Get
1: out of there, Severo. (laughs) The whole time I was like, why is he still there?
0: (laughs) Everyone takes their places as things get started. Roke begins the presentation, but something in his voice is off. Darrow looks around and sees a pink waiter, but it's not a pink. It's Vixus. He sees another pink waitress. It's Lilith. Darrow is about to shout, but before he can, Roke pricks him with a needle from his ring. Darrow slumps back into the statue behind him. Antonia shoots Victra in the spine and then her mother in the neck. Double bitch. Lorne attempts to mount a fight. Howlers to me! Protect the reaper But Lilith attacks him from behind and tries to cut his throat as they struggle. The jackal walks up to them and slowly puts a blade in Lauren's belly. Daryl, paralyzed on the ground, watches in horror as his friends die. Aja and Cassius show up because this couldn't get any worse. Cassius stands in front of a paralyzed Daryl and asks him how he could murder Cassius's family. Daryl's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but he can't say anything. Cassius tells Darrow he will find Severo and Mustang, and there will be no mercy. Jackal then tells his father that he is the one who had Claudius killed with some, you know, tricky, tricky, sneaky, sneaky bullshit. It was all a setup. Augustine tells him that he is not his son. Jackal shoots him in the head, much to Aja's frustration. She wanted to save him as a hostage. Uh, Aja is itchy to leave. As the Telemonuses are on their way to reinforce Darrow and the others, Darrow whispers for Roke one last time, who then angles the box he had presented Darrow earlier so he can see what's inside. It's fucking Fitchner's head. Ares is dead, guys.
1: Do you know what else is dead?
0: All is lost. Hope.
1: Happiness.
0: <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Until Morningstar.
1: I haven't read on, so I'm still in this state of depression. Know, it's
0: really, it's tough right now.
1: <laughs> Guess what the theme is? It's epic failure. Everything fails, and we're all failures, and we <laughs> all suck. Everything sucks.
0: Yep, it's just, just a copycat of the first chapters of this book. Our theme for those chapters was also failure. Now we've got even bigger, More grander failure. failure.
1: Failure on steroids.
0: And it's it's terrible. So So, diving in,
1: first of all.
0: Let's dive in.
1: The failure starts when Darrow goes back and sees Lycos. And think about it, he's had Lycos in his memory this whole time Mm -hmm. for four years, and so much shit's happened, and that's kind of been his like safe haven in his mind, is thinking about Eo and home. Mm -hmm. And he goes back and sees Lycos. He's in the garden. And he realizes that the garden isn't what it was in his memory. And he's seen so much now that this garden now is small. There's beer cans and trash everywhere. Clearly, the graves are, like, fucking everywhere, all Mm -hmm. over the garden. Just trash everywhere.
0: It's not as colorful as he thought it was. Yeah, it's
1: tainted. Really, the memory now of the garden is ruined because he's seen it for what it actually is. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, the only thing that he gets out of that that's any good is he's actually just able to, like, let Yo go. But that's mm-hmm. – otherwise, this whole trip back is kind of a failure. Like a
1: womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole episode. <laughs> womp womp. And then, again, going back to Lycos, he realizes that these bad guys that have loomed so large in his memory – aren't actually that bad, Mm-mm. especially compared to men like the Jackal and Augustus. Right. So like ugly Dan, he's just old and balding and, and sad. And and, yeah. he, and he's, he describes Dan as like just, um, desperate to like impress Darrow, like obedience only. Darrow like wants him to be a little shit. Like he was when he was a red, right? but he's just like, yes, sir.
0: Yeah, he's just an obedient little... I
1: was I was trying to salute, <laughs> but I did a weird like head high five. <laughs> and then again, like Poginous, he's just like desperate and sweaty and they're all just so weak. I think weak. you
0: mean Padingus. Padingus.
1: <laughs> they're all just weak and they aren't the monsters that he wanted them to be. Right. And then now it's it's just kind of meaningless to have that hatred for them. Yeah. Because now he like feels sorry for them because they just kind of suck.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's like I think we've all been there with like we build somebody up in our mind that we hate or something like that. And yeah. You them, and then you're like, oh, that, they weren't that bad. Or you're like,
1: oh, you're just a person. Or they just
0: suck and you're like, oh, but they suck because of this reason. Like they're just a sad right. person or something like that. And you're like, oh, I just feel bad for them now. Right. I should yeah. have never hated them. And that's what Daryl's going so it through. It takes here. away
1: basically the power of his memory, Is right. seeing them for what they really are, especially how they are to someone. Like he is now a, a powerful praetor. Yeah. Now they're like scared shitless of it, yeah. and he's like, "Well, this it like that's why the revenge aspect isn't meaningful because when when you're getting revenge like this, he's like going back to his old enemies now all jacked and mm-hmm. huge, and it's like not even worth it because yeah. it's not the same fight, right?" The last part about failing, going back to see Lycos, is when Daryl's looking down at the feast through the glass. He says, though they laugh, though they dance, I cannot find any joy myself. They live in horror, but it's one they know. It's one they can find refuge from. Will there be any refuge left when the sons of Ares reveal the great lie? Mm-hmm. And he's, in this moment, Daryl's doubting if it's even a good idea to free the Reds. And then his mom, just after this, repeats that same concern, saying, will the Reds get swallowed up by society? Will there be enough houses? Will they be polluted? Like, Daryl feels he's polluted now.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. That's like, he sees it there. Uh, his mom points it out. And then, actually, we see the fallout from that in Iron Gold with Lyria. Like, they've brought all the Reds out of the mines, but they're And they're starving just, and dying. Yeah, they're living in, you know, like... I don't know, outside and camps and right. And there's like no war parties and, like
1: going yeah. around killing everyone and raping everyone.
0: Exactly. They're basically like refugees right. and they don't have a purpose. They don't really know what they're doing anymore. And, and,
1: and is that yeah, any
0: better than them not knowing anything? It's just, that's, it that's a really away, interesting question.
1: It takes away the feeling of purpose mm-hmm. that the lie gave them.
0: Right. Yeah. They haven't been able to replace that yet. An iron Mm -hmm. gold. And and that's just interesting thinking about that, like looking back with the ability of foresight, knowing where the story is going. That leads us into his failure with Mustang. So obviously, like we said, with the ability of knowing where the story goes, we know that ultimately Darrow's act here is a success. But at this point, at at the end of the book... At this point, we don't know. Right. It's a fucking failure. (laughs) This is depressed Aaron. Yeah. He... Fails in that he gives Mustang the the uh, hollow cube and is basically like too scared to sit there with her while she watches it, uh, and he's really regretting that decision. He feels like a coward, a coward, and that he should have faced her and, and as told she her. Were yeah. in the truth. Yeah. Later on, their conversation in the actual mine where she is like, "You're a red," and, and she's talking about, about everything it. that happens. Yeah. He isn't able to convince her at that point. Mm-hmm. She leaves. Luckily, she doesn't kill him, which I mean, I guess is a small win.
1: Well, before she leaves, you know, she's, she's, it's escalating and she's like, it's coming to a head, like, tell me why I shouldn't kill you. Mm-hmm. That's when Ragnar comes in.
0: Saves the day. And
1: Very then much. Ragnar's the r- real reason that this wasn't an epic failure because he. He does the opposite of what she thinks he's going to do. She's basically like, see, Darrow, see, he's going to kill me. Like, this mm-hmm. is your whole rebellion. That's when Ragnar really turns, or sorry, excuse me, changes the paradigm, <laughs> turns True. the tide. Yeah. Even though Darrow's failing with Mustang at this moment, Ragnar gives her pause, I would say. Like, right. gives her a reason to think, like, oh, this is different. Why? Like, why does. Darrow inspire an obsidian stain to change the way she thinks he's bred to
0: be. For sure.
1: Lastly, with Mustang, I would say, like their whole relationship um, with the secret. I was thinking, like, could Darrow have done this better? Because the way this all turned out is kind of like, oh shit! She like left. She didn't come in like he thought to meet mm-hmm. his mother. And I was thinking, should he told? Her, should he have told her sooner, but I don't know. I feel like this actually was a good plan. I do
0: too. I don't think there's might, a, a better way to do it than he did. right?
1: Because he's really pulling on her heartstrings because he knows that she has empathy for low colors. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to bring her to this place so she can see basically like his life. He even says like, I didn't see the sky until I was 16. Right. Like trying to emphasize like, This is, like, me, and this is the darkness I grew up in.
0: We also have to realize just, like, how scary of an idea this is for Mustang. Like, I mean, breaking society as a goal the person that's on top of it is just, like, even though she's empathetic to their cause, it's just, like.
1: Well, also, it's it's more of a betrayal because they're in a romantic relationship, Mm -hmm. and she's like, wait, you want to kill my father. Mm Mm-hmm. And this whole time, darrow has been protecting her father for her even against the right. Sovereign. And she's like, so you're basically a double agent. Yeah, like,
0: that's a lot of lies and like you're not truly who you say you are and that type of mm-hmm. thing. That's got to be very and difficult Mustang, to deal with emotionally.
1: Mustang cares about saving her family.
0: Yeah. Even oh, though
1: yeah. she has compassion for Red, she doesn't want Darrow to tear apart her family. Yeah.
0: And that will take us to our epic end Ending failure here at the end of the book (laughs) with with our man, Roke. Everyone take a deep breath. The jackal. So we've got some quotes here. And this is just, there's a little foreshadowing here. Like we're on the parade route. Roke reminds Darrow, you are but a mortal, Roke whispers in my ear, riding his horse alongside the chariot as per tradition. Just you little bastard with his little poetic like.
1: You are but a mortal.
0: Remindings. But, I mean, at the end of the book, obviously, this is our biggest failure. Like, Darrow has been found out. Aries has been found out. He's got his head in a box. We've got some more quotes here where this is the actual moment when we know everything has gone wrong. I pull back from Roke, about to shout, when I feel his grip tighten, and I realize he was saying goodbye. A needle from his ring pricks my wrist, gentle like the kiss he now plants on my cheek, and thus go liars with a bloody damn kiss. One word shatters a thousand lies.
1: So yeah, Roke says bloody damn. Yep. It's even like in italic.
0: He really knows. With a
1: bloody damn kiss. <laughs> I wonder if he like wrote out all of these like snarky <laughs> things he was going to say in his poem book. His,
0: his book of poetry? Yeah. I'm sure he did. And then that goes on to talk about the jackal. I just hate... The Jackal in these last few chapters. I mean, in these last few pages. Oh, my God. He's the worst. He is Uh, the worst. Which,
1: by the way, we've been saying this whole time. (laughs)
0: Right. Uh, Roke draws back and opens the ivory box's lid. With the gentle creak of silver hinges, my world ends. Augustus gasps in horror at what's inside the box. And a foot away, the Jackal. Eyes full of long dormant hate smiles at me and cocks his head back like an animal to loose a manic mocking howl (laughs) a signal of the end i hate that he howls there oh that's just like and then he walks over and fucking kills lauren like that is that's i'm gonna say like pound for pound worst jackal moment right there just like
1: yeah, even beyond like eating his own housemates in the <laughs> institute. Yes,
0: most evil.
1: Even beyond killing Pax.
0: The mocking howl, and then going over and killing Lorne Arcos, like one of the most legendary fucking and goes, golds of all time.
1: Oh, they were wrong. Your stones, your side's not made out of stone.
0: I just hate that Lorne. You're gets, like, yeah,
1: he's dying. Can you be nice?
0: I hate that Lorne gets killed by someone like the jackal. Like, yeah, can't after- even handle a razor. Like, after all these years, all these battles, like, at the end, it's just...
1: And then they're killing all his grandchildren.
0: Oh, man. Which
1: is, like, the only reason he wanted to live anymore.
0: Right. That's all he had left. And Tony is leading that slaughter, bitch.
1: Yeah, shooting her sister.
0: Yeah. Yep, and then uh, we've heard this quote before, for sure. But this is Darrow saying, death begets death begets death. This is what Dancer warned me about. This is why Mustang said not to trust her brother. And also this is why Hallerpod said not to trust her brother. Yeah. Come on.
1: Aren't you listening, Darrow?
0: <laughs> this is why my friends will die. Why I will die. Because I cannot match this evil. Who can? And then the last lines of the book. Because I feel like we just have to we have to put these in. Close
1: the chapter, close if you this, will.
0: Close this book up with these final words. I look into the box and see Fitchner's head staring back at me, eyeless, mouth stuffed with grapes. Ares, the one hope we had, the one man who picked me up when I was broken and gave me a chance for something better than revenge has been butchered and I know we are undone. I remember just like screaming. Like,
1: ah, No! <laughs>
0: <laughs> when Do that kn- happened. <laughs> Do you know
1: what happened when I... Was listening. It goes and now and I know we are undone. This has been a production of Audible. I was like, Ugh. I felt like assaulted. Yeah. I was like, excuse me, Audible. I need a moment yeah. of silence.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna need at least thirty seconds. It was seconds. literally
1: like the next word. I was like, ah, oh,
0: fuck. Oh god, that's way to ruin
1: the entire book. Audible. Just kidding. You couldn't, you couldn't do that.
0: But yeah, this is pretty much. I remember the first time I read that, I just, like we had talked about, I think well, r- this on the first also, pod, like I was we, just pacing around my room. We didn't so have upset.
1: Morningstar yet. We yeah. were just, we were like stuck in this. Yeah. Oh yeah. I it was almost, like, I almost didn't even want to read Morningstar because I was like, I don't think I can take it emotionally.
0: Yeah. The, that year, it was like a year long wait. I remember. And Pierce
1: released like the clip, like the hint yeah. you know like yeah. the little teasers mm-hmm. and you're like okay so like things are going to happen <laughs> like we're not stuck in oh i forgot about that he like forever. released the
0: preview chapters or whatever yeah and you read yeah. them and then you're
1: like okay 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 that's good
0: oh man yeah this was just it was such a tough moment
1: we're all in this together yeah that brings us to the prime five
0: yeah let's talk about a little bit more fun fun stuff than what's the epic failure that was the end of this book
1: what's the prime five been
0: the prime five is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters
1: first is Ragnar duh
0: yes there's some good great superb Ragnar in these in these chapters and I really want to talk about this because I think that Ragnar is one of the reasons that these books are so great like we all like action we all like a plot that moves quickly but ragnar is a character with like true depth like when he is introduced everybody just thinks that he's basically an animal like a dog a weapon a
1: killing machine a
0: tool yeah to be used but he has so much depth and humanity and humor yes and humor and so Yes, we on the Prime Five. We want to talk about Sassy Ragnar, just because he sasses Ugly Dan, and it's hilarious. Uh, and
1: and he's like scaring the Greys. Yes,
0: and and this is fantastic because I think this shows just like how multi-layered he is. Like you can see kind of his sense of humor developing, like as we go along. Like we talked about, he was. Uh, talking to Severo, and he's like... You
1: squawk like a chicken. <laughs> you squawk like
0: a chicken. Now he's sassing back to Dan. He said, come, dog, come. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: Andy's scaring Paginus.
0: Yes. He's Bidangus. just scaring everyone.
1: Stop saying it like that. I'm going to say it wrong, and someone's going to think I'm an idiot. And then Ragnar, very meaningful and thought-provoking, is when that whole scene is escalating with Mustang and she's whipping out her razor like ready to defend herself. Um, she's like, you know, prepping to die. Ragnar is stained.
0: He's escalating it at first too. He's escalating.
1: He's like, uh, he's like counting down Yeah. Um, he's contributing to it. till she stops.
0: Says she has you have 10 breasts left. Yeah. Which is a really and badass the bad-a- fucking threat. The badass,
1: the bad-ass <laughs> though, is when he's counting down and then she says, one! You know? <laughs> yeah. She like, pulls her razor. I'm ready.
0: Yeah. Way to go, Mustang.
1: Um, But when when she says, like, see how basically like this animal will... Yeah, she calls him a dog. Like, will treat- stick your dog on me. Uh-huh. And obviously Ragnar's listening and he... Decides to turn the tide from fighting her and saving Darrow mm-hmm. to being on Darrow's side, where Darrow's blindly trusting Mustang, mm-hmm. and Ragnar is like in his head. He's like, I don't trust Mustang. I I need to make sure the Reaper lives, but I'm going to follow his lead and and see if Mustang swings over to our side.
0: Right, and he's showing her that there's more to live for. I live for more. Exactly. And that whole speech from him, where he talks about his family and then the
1: Valkyrie and yeah, his mother, his two fathers, how
0: he grew up. And it's just like through all of that, he shows her, I'm capable of being more than what you think I am. Right. Or what my color is or how I was raised.
1: And he's saying, I've earned all of these scars. Mm hmm basically putting to mustang like this is what your people have done to me
0: and i'm still capable of saying like we can live for more we can be better
1: right and putting his trust in her to not shoot him in the head
0: right i mean obviously darrow is the reason like mustang ultimately turns but i think like ragnar's contribution cannot be overlooked his speech in that moment Is honestly, I think it's the proof that Mustang needs that Mm -hmm. the these colors are these other colors, or especially like the obsidians and stuff like that, are capable of living for more than just the idea of what the society is or what's expected of them or what they were raised to be.
1: Not putting so much of her trust just in gold, like seeing like Darrow's whole speech about what he went through growing up and how her father killed his wife like it was nothing, like. Their suffering is so belittled by the golds. Mm -hmm. And same with the obsidians, that Mustang really needs to reflect on like why she's protecting her way of life so much. Yep.
0: And it shows that these ideas that Darrow has or the idea that they want to break society has weight. Like it Mm -hmm. it can hold water. And
1: especially with a stained who's seen as like the scariest motherfucker in the world.
0: Yeah, he has no like those like Everybody says those things are killing machines. Mm -hmm. That's it. Lauren says it. Severo says it. Like nobody sees Ragnar as a human being except for Darrow for the longest time. Right. And it's through acts like this that Ragnar is able to um, show that he's capable of so much more than just like what's expected of him.
1: And then guess what? Pierce stabs him in the (sighs) heart. Just
0: not talk about it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: talking about tears let's move on to prime five next one it's the whole chat with mommy dearest
0: i don't know why this got this particularly this reread this really got me this conversation i
1: was like driving and sobbing and probably couldn't see very well i was
0: upset at the end of the book when all the deaths happened but i Teared the, no, this I teared like, up at this yeah. moment. The
1: mom part was the crying part. Not, yeah. not the death part's like adrenaline, like, what the fuck? Yeah. But this part is like, oh, my God, I could not cry <laughs> more. <laughs> and I was just telling Ben this. I actually started crying before he walked in the door. Yeah. When um he hands Mustang the hollow and then kisses her like hard and long like it's the last time i like started crying for sure and then just the crying kept building oh, with, with his mom
0: i got so many warm fuzzies when she's just like it's you
1: and he's like you know me <laughs> she says how could i not oh, my i was God. like mom <laughs>
0: <laughs> i had to call my mom and tell her i loved her after that jeez <laughs>
1: And um, Daryl's saying, like, it's so heartbreaking to see her body failing her. Right. And just knowing that in these four years, she's, like, gone downhill so much. And there's, there's medicines that could help her, but they, the Reds don't have them. Mm-hmm. And Daryl hasn't been there to take care of her.
0: I also love how he just admires her strength, though. That's really cool. And it, how it talks about how, like, the, the women in Red society are the ones that really hold it all together. I that was really cool. But anyway, this is just a great freaking moment.
1: Lots of tears. Did you cry?
0: I definitely did.
1: I mean, howlers.
0: <laughs> did the howlers cry?
1: <laughs> I was talking to the people listening.
0: Okay, we'll cut did that. We'll cut that up correctly. <laughs> did
1: a- the did you cry, listeners? All
0: right, let's move on to our next. Let's stop. Let's stop crying and let's start hating.
1: <sighs> hating. All right, I'm ready to hate. The, yeah, these next, these <laughs> last, last three, last three are yeah. like fuck this guy, <laughs> double fuck this guy, and definitely triple fuck yeah, this guy.
0: Triple quadruple fuck the last guy. All right, uh, single
1: fuck is well, they all let's get just triples. Do,
0: let's do Cassius first. Okay, Cassius comes down, and he's not really like I'm not really like fuck Cassius. I love Cassius, but in this moment, he
1: sucks at this time. At
0: this moment, he sucks. He does. He comes up, he gets ben, up in Darrow's Ben's face. Ben's just
1: like weak in the knees <laughs> for curly haired sex pot Hashtag Cassius.
0: Curly haired sex pot.
1: Seriously. So, yeah, Cassius comes down with Aja, and you're like, go, oh, great, these two. He's got a new arm.
0: Yep. And then he gets up in Darrow's face and he tells him that Darrow had his family killed. He's like, you killed. It's like,
1: how could you?
0: How could you kill all the children in my family? It's only him and his mom left. And we're all just like, what?
1: What? When did that happen?
0: Daryl's talking about the same thing. He's like, what? This is obviously a lie. We know who killed Cassius's family. It was on the Sovereign's orders.
1: Yeah. Well, we don't know that yet. Yeah. But we know.
0: We know. They don't know. Yeah. (laughs) And this is a huge moment because ultimately that's what turns Cassius into our like rogue double agent. Who gets us in? And, and once he finds out yeah. about
1: the sovereign. Yeah. Right.
0: That's what turns the tide between him and Darrow. You know?
1: It changes the paradigm. <laughs> Drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: that was a a prime five insight. Just like this mm-hmm. is where we find out what Cassius believes, which is
0: false. Yeah. He's pissed off at Darrow about, because he thinks that Darrow had his entire family and Aegea murdered. Not true. During the Triumph. Do you know not who's a,
1: who's a double triple bitch? The Sovereign.
0: Yes. And that's ultimately it's just a nice little nugget cuz this is ultimately that lie right there ends up fucking the Sovereign yeah. over cuz it turns Cassius back against her and he decides to do his own like rogue secret agent thing. Mm. Which is pretty badass.
1: So who do we hate next?
0: This one's this one's for the jackal. Yeah. And the just amount of mustache twirling villainy going on in this final sequence
1: i don't think his mustache is like badass enough to twirl i think it's one of those like <laughs> yeah. barely scum stash yeah like the like thin line you know and he combs it with a yeah. comb that's he, he, does, he doesn't have enough to twirl that's perfect it's like prepubescent <laughs> yes
0: that's really good call but he's sadistic part but he's just having way too much fun here first of all yeah the how the fact that he kills lauren we already t- talked about that he shoots his dad like the fact that he he, he had gets his so brother much, killed yeah the, he gets so much glee out of having his brother like telling his dad that i'm the one that had your favorite he's son he's like you should have
1: paid better attention
0: <sighs> and he used his dad's own money
1: to yeah to kill his favorite sneaky, son sneaky sneaky and you realize, like, oh, this guy has been a psychopath forever. Forever. The, since he he came out of the womb, since oh his my dad gosh. put him on the rocks to die. Yeah,
0: because he was like ten or something like that when that Claudius thing happened.
1: Right. I, I was like, when he was on the rocks, he was a baby. He yeah. just couldn't die. Why wouldn't a hawk save us all and just kill him?
0: <laughs> that would been nice. Yeah. So this is just, I hate how much he's enjoying himself. And this is the moment that really pissed me off because when I first time I read this book, like I was actually kind of like, oh, the jackals turned a corner. I was I was Darrow uh-huh. being a dumbass.
1: Yeah, you are. Dumbass. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> This moment really pissed me off because he's just having so much fun and he's exactly who he thought right. he is.
1: Yeah, He's exactly who Lorne and Roke and Mustang and and the Telemonuses have all been saying. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. The whole time. And then he gets to win here at the end. It's just terrible. Speaking of Roke. Luckily, he gets a little too full of himself and keeps Daryl alive. That's true. That was a mistake.
1: But good because now we (laughs) get to keep the series going.
0: Yep. And then lastly, fuck Roke. (laughs) this is our last point in the prime five and it is just a straight fuck you to roke ah fabi
1: it's
0: just like we had been talking about in all these podcasts leading up to this we've been trying to make the case yeah we're trying to show our empathy for roke we're like he went through some really tough losses. And
1: like Daryl's not treating him right.
0: People he super cared about. Daryl was lying to him all the time. Yeah. When Quinn he have been. died
1: with the little skull fragments. Right.
0: Tactus. Leah. Just like he's, ha- he's experienced a lot of death of friends. And, and then
1: all of that is lost. Right here. Right when he says, <laughs> You are a son of red. I a son of gold. That world where we are brothers is lost. And in this world, the power of gold will never wane. Yep. Dick?
0: I just hate how, like, yeah, like how proud and, like, how hot he is during this whole... Just makes you just like... He also... He doesn't even, like,
1: take part in the killing. He's, like, too... He's even above being a bad guy. He's like, I'm I'm too good to even go around killing, like, Aja. Like, I am... You know, he stands the apart. But.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm too good for this. And then it's just it's like, like
1: you not killing people doesn't make you OK.
0: Right. Doesn't make you any better than the jackal or whatever, like and going around. And the whole around.
1: like pricking Darrow's wrist, just like Darrow had pricked him and then kissing him on the cheek. What's the Bible guy who kisses Judas' kiss?
0: Yeah. Judas Iscariot. It's,
1: it's just it's the traitor's kiss. Yep. Like that's that's what it is.
0: It is right here and it's just freaking terrible so any and all goodwill that we have up to this point built up on this podcast has now been lost
1: yeah we no longer like roke
0: roke you're an enemy of the state an enemy of the pod
1: and we shall kill you
0: (laughs) we're coming for you in Morningstar.
1: about to die (laughs) yeah
0: and we're gonna have a lot of fun dancing on your grave that's all i have to say there you go but we're probably also going to be kind of sad again because... Because
1: Pierce makes us sad.
0: <laughs> Somehow we'll start caring about him again. <laughs> All right. this
1: right. It's been a rough episode.
0: <laughs> this is There's just so been, <laughs> tough. A
1: lot of hatred. <laughs> a lot of sadness. I just have so many
0: feelings.
1: Do you know what's going to bring me down even lower?
0: Oh, man. Primus of the week. <laughs> so now that we have finished our prime five it's time to name our primus of the week where we choose the one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest
1: it's it's jackal
0: it's fucking jackal guys
1: adrius augustus
0: he figured out that daryl's red and he set all this shit in motion
1: and he almost wins. And he almost and he wins. Definitely kills two. Typical Lauren. bad
0: guy though. He talks too much. He lets the guy live too long.
1: He needs to take supplements to grow a better mustache.
0: <laughs> he also has a very gross scum stash. <laughs> scum stash <laughs> that we have given him. So forever. the reason
1: the Jackal one is clear. Mm-hmm because of how the book ends he didn't pee on anyone so he's our first bad guy to not <laughs> urinate on someone and still win the week
0: that's true yeah that's really all the the end of this book was uh missing
1: is urinating <laughs> if someone had peed on darrow again <laughs> yeah. then that's a good point then yeah
0: Maybe we should talk to Pierce about adding that in, you know, like well, later editions. If,
1: s- if you start a trend, you can't <laughs> just, like, stop it all of a sudden. That's
0: true. Yeah, the Titus Corollary doesn't work in this situation, but Jackal still wins.
1: Several's over there like, wait, I still haven't been peed <laughs>
0: You would want to share that with Darrow. <laughs> All right. I don't want to talk about this anymore.
1: Speaking of getting peed on and being depressed, I just watched that R. Kelly documentary. <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> Is that what you're into this week? No. <laughs> no. What are you into this week, Aaron?
1: Oh, I'm into a podcast. <laughs> it's called 99% Invisible. Uh, I thought you
0: were going to say Hellerpod. Pod.
1: It's called Howler (laughs) Pod. And then my second podcast rec is 99% Invisible. It is uh, hosted by Roman Mars, which is a badass name. That's
0: a pretty great name. That's very Red Rising, too. Uh,
1: Yeah, he's pretty cool. And it's um, about design and art and architecture and kind of like the built environment. And a lot of the episodes are... Shorter, they're all under 30 minutes normally, and sometimes there's even like shorter ones. So it's a good like morning pod if your commute isn't that long. And there's like tons of episodes. There's like over 300. So it's a great supplement for like, you know, after this episode when you have to wait for Morningstar. Mm -hmm. Be a great one to pick up. Good call. Ben. Ben. What are you into this week?
0: I'm into a book, actually. I'm off my music kick of recommendations, and I have read another book. You it's called, can read? I can read. It's called The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. You guys might have heard of this one. It's actually kind of a, a famous series. I think it's been out for a while. It's called The Kingkiller Chronicles. It's not finished yet, though, so that's a problem. There's well, two our, books book, out.
1: our book series yeah. is also not finished.
0: There's two books out right now. This is the first book in the series. It's really good. Really, really good. I would say the best way I can... I was trying to think of how to describe it on my way over here today. And I would say it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, but without the elves and the hobbits and all that type of shit. So basically like humans in the Lord of the Rings. Is there... And Harry Potter. It's kind of a mix between oh. the two. So it's like medieval harry potter nice and then there's also like a framing element what's like kind of like arabian nights where someone's telling a story about the character and anyway the main character is super badass his name is Kavoth, the bloodless and he is awesome very cool story it kind of meanders but you love i love reading it the author is a really good writer i would highly highly suggest it it's very exciting Looks and like
1: four books right now.
0: I think there's like two in the series, and then there's a couple spinoff books. Oh, okay. And then he's like working on the the sequel to the second book right now, if cool. I understand that right. So,
1: The Name of the Wind. Is that book yeah. one?
0: Book one. Uh huh. Check it out.
1: And 99% Invisible. By the way, when you said Arabian Nights, I immediately thought Arabian, Arabian Nights. Nights. No, that's not how it goes. I don't know. Arabian
0: Nights. That's. Oh.
1: That's from Aladdin. <laughs> and then I thought, have you seen Blue Will Smith yet?
0: Yes. It's awful.
1: I'm excited.
0: You're exci- You're the only person in America that's excited about Blue Will Smith. I'm
1: excited. <laughs> no, it's going to be like the Fast and Furious. It's going to be so, no. so bad that you love it.
0: No, it's just going to be bad.
1: No, I think, I think I'm going to like it. The
0: only thing that's going to save that movie is that the songs are great.
1: I think I'm going to like it.
0: You're obviously going to like it. You love those movies. Okay.
1: (laughs) What are we doing next episode?
0: Next episode, we're moving on to this book called Morningstar. Have you heard of it?
1: Wait, is it Morningstar? Yes. That's by
0: the one and only Pierce Brown.
1: So, Morningstar.
0: Part one, Thorns, chapters one through seven. We're breaking out of the box.
1: Maybe. We don't know yet. We haven't gotten there. No, we are. Okay. <laughs> we don't even know about the box yet. Stop doing spoilers. <laughs> Howlers, follow us at HowlerPod, H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email us, HowlerPod at com.
0: That's going to be it for Golden Sun. Thank you, Howlers. It's been a great journey so far. Looking uh, forward to Morning Star.
1: Omnus, Mary Lupus. Oh, Ow!